0: Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on, Coach Luca? Back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and uh, today it's one of those go, go, go sessions. Uh, probably because I'm super caffeinated, but also because uh, you know it's, it's, we're seven, we're basically ten days away from our grand opening, four days away from moving into our new facility. Uh, so you know, I get up at six a.m., I go to sleep at two a.m., and uh, that's pretty much been the schedule seven days a week, kind of, sorta, and. Uh, great things great things great things happening you can see i'm a little bit out of my voice i tend to be yelling a lot throughout the day <laughs> for random reasons um but what i want to do today this is one of my favorite things to talk about to teach to coach to uh, to to you know to go over and it's um and that is coaching you know and today's episode is going to be about the 18 things that great coaches do. And so with that said, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I always like to reverse engineer, right? Anything, think of it this way, like anything that you ever wanna do in life, uh, you know, you can find somebody that's done it and then reverse engineer it. Um, And, you know, with that question, like what do great coaches do? I always ask myself these four questions. You know, what was the person like? So if, if you've ever had a great coach in your life, you know, great mentor, teacher, you know, you can ask yourself these four questions. It's like, hey, what, you know, what do great coaches do? What, are, what, are, what was the person like? Uh, what did they do? You know, what are the skill sets that they did? Uh, how did they do it? and what made working with them such a great experience, right? So that would help me reverse engineer stuff. So today I got a little bit of, uh, I got these uh, little colorful notes that will make me go over the 18 things. Um, and man, I, we could dive like probably each session into into each and every one of these. And if you want me to do that, love feedback and we can we can dig deep. Um, with that said, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna spend some time on, on each one of these. Um, the, and, and really what they are are just skill sets, you know, and, and the way that like you want to look at this is every single one of these, like breaking it down, whether it's, whether it's books, you know, I have like this little thing where every day, not only do I want to, if I want to learn a subject, I read a book on a subject, like not the whole book, but obviously part of a book and I take notes always. The other thing too, is I watch a video on it, whether it's some type of visual uh, learning, uh, just because obviously most people are visual and they, it, it's, uh, they learn well uh, when they're taught visually. And number three, I want to, I'll talk to somebody that's better in that subject than me, so it has more experience, more knowledge around that subject, and I'll talk to them and have a conversation with them about it. So, like those are three things that you can do every single day, uh, you know, to improve your skill set in something. So, what do great coaches do? Number one, unconditional positive regard. regard. So they, tr- they treat clients with respect and compassion, uh, see their potential and value. Uh, you know, you you're helping them change, so you understand that they're somewhere that maybe they don't want to because they want to move forward but you accept them as they are and you know it, this it kind of soo- sounds like something that um that that should be like a given but the reality is a lot of time in coaching you know you get this like uh you know the toughness, like, I'm going to push you, I'm just going to constantly challenge you, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you you're wrong, and that's, uh, that's not, that's just not a great approach to it, Um, you know, you got to have unconditional positive regard, reality is that a lot of people are coming to us, and, uh, you know, with the fact that, like, that hasn't worked for them, because guess what, they beat themselves up enough, right, there's constant, I would say, uh, um, judgment, there's constant things going on in their head that that you know the editor uh, that's telling them that they're not doing right or they're not good enough or whatever it may be you know so think about that and as I go over these you know what do great coaches do yeah yes like we're talking obviously i'm I'm being more in the context of fitness right now but I mean this you know you're coaching if you have a, a real estate business if you have a um, you know if you're a teacher if you're in if honestly if you run any type of team and you're in a leadership position if you're a parent like this goes and I, I keep coming back to this because sometimes You know, people actually come up to me like, oh, it's great. Maybe isn't as relevant to me. And then I'll start asking them questions about, you know, what they do in their life. You know, what do do they work with other people? Uh, Do they have kids? You know, do they run soccer teams for their for their kids school or whatever it may be? Like they find they they, at the end of conversation, it finds that like this is really just skill sets for for really anyone that's in any type of position like that. Um, One of the other things when it comes to that is like making everybody feel, val- feel valued, S- you know, smiling, saying hello. Like, RGM, are you you, know, you, you if you ask anybody, it's like when people come in, I high-five everybody, hug them. Like, and, and I really go out of my way to do that. And, you know, there, I'm sure there's days that uh, I miss someone, but I, I make a real effort to make sure that everybody feels valued and special because, one, that's how I feel, but to express that, you know, because a lot of times you'll go like, oh, well, I care about them, but did you express that? you know and that's very very important this is like this baseline thing but you know in life it's a lot of times like you just don't go um i would say out of your way to do that and you have no idea what that means for pe- to people to feel valued uh and like when you're in a coaching setting like that's a must um number two you know what great coaches do number two is like client centeredness and humility uh so helping a client meet their goals and not yours man if this is One of the things I still see so much of uh, is, you know, the coach saying, well, we got to get you to do this, 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 that and the other, you know, and, you know, you got to really truly listen, um, you know you gotta look for what's important and meaningful to them. And like, be a guide, not a guru, right? Be a guide, not a guru. Uh, you know, cause when, when you kind of put yourself in a guru status, a lot of times what happens is it's this uh, burden of, you know, you're telling them what to do your way. There's, you know, there's one way to go. And then you end up not listening where a guide is essentially, you know, really finding out the meaning like of what their Everest is, right? So everybody's got their Everest. And you're the sherpa. You're the guide. You're getting them to that Everest of theirs, right? So make make that distinction because it is very big. Uh, you know, the guru a lot of times can be like all or nothing, my way or the highway, uh, and 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 then a small percentage of people can kind of like fit into that, versus really looking at the individual, caring about them, finding what's meaningful to them, and helping them reach their goals, and not what you think is the best way to go about it, right? Um, so like, it, it, imagine questions as like you know, tell me, tell me what's important to you around this, right? So uh, what are your goals? So, it, and, it, you know, give them the full attention to That's the other thing, uh, you know, that's the humility of, you know, not texting, not being on a computer if you're in a meeting or strategy session or whatever it may be, but truly listening. And uh, you've heard me say this before. If you know, to, to be interesting, you have to be interested, and that, you know, Martin's uh, taught me that a long time ago, uh, and, and I took it to heart, and, and it changed a lot of things, um, but, you know, client-centeredness and humility, notice that it's, like, number two, because that's how important it is, and I can't tell you, you know, how many, I would say, uh, coaching programs nowadays end up being around, you know, like, uh, the rah-rah, like, the, the kind of, like, I'm the guy. So everything falls under, you know, it's almost like people have to be wary of, of, of you know, playing by your rules and it doesn't become about the client anymore. And I have a, 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 actually a great marketing pre- presentation that's going to uh, that I'm doing at the Vigor Ground Fitness and Business Summit, which I'll talk to you up about the end and put the link in, which is coming up in September. It's going to be nuts. But it's, you know, your business is not the hero right? Your business is not the hero. You are like, you are the guide. You are the Yoda. You are the mentor. Your, your clients are the heroes, right? So always remember that when it comes to client centeredness and humility. Um, number three is observation, looking, listening, learning always, always, you know, it's, it's so simple to get to a point where you're like, I think I got this shit down. And you just stop doing that where this this literally has to be uh, a way of life. And when I when I say that, I mean, you know, paying attention to cues and information to body language, you know, nonverbal cues, like listening carefully, looking at behaviors, uh, looking at tendencies and patterns of people like, uh, you know, that's one thing that I really, really was studying for a long time and started being able to connect with people because I because I could tell whether they were uncomfortable whether you know something was wrong uh you know whether they weren't enjoying something where or, or uh you know, they were feeling embarrassed about something. For instance, an exerciser or, or a drill and things like that. And being able to, to to make those changes is very important. So basically observing and looking, listening, and learning at all times is key. And it's just like anything else. Like, you got to keep coming back to this. You know, I always tell my coaches having these four by six note cards where they have these things just written as a reminder, right? Observation. Uh, it's very, very simple that once you get, you know, pretty damn good at something, it's actually... Uh, a lot of times, when it's the you have danger of of you know stopping uh, doing these or, or should I say stopping uh, uh, paying attention to certain skill sets, right? Because it's like oh I got it down, right? It just just you can just go to cruise control, and that's not the case, you know. Like being a great coach uh, is is a lot of awareness and focus. Um, number four is assessments and information gathering. So learning as much about uh, you know. A, a, as uh, about your client as possible, Um, you know, and, and really essentially trying to get the big picture. Um, What, what I see a lot of, and I've fallen prey to this in the past too, was when people come in, like you really know your shit. So you're just like, you come in and they're like, you know, you do an assessment and you're like, all right, well, this is what's going on. This is what we're going to do. Like, you actually never really get the time to find out as much about them as possible, you know, from past history to, like I said, their goals, dreams, desires, frustrations, uh, you know, what gives them meaning, why they're even here, Uh, you know, just gathering data uh, to get the big picture, you know, what's the big picture for them? And it may be like a lot of times it's just like, man, they just want to be able to, you know, go on hikes, play with their kids, you know, be healthier, and, and not all this other stuff that you bestow on them, like what they should be doing. Um, you know, so that in asking questions, you know, people don't ask enough questions. Ask questions as much as possible. Um, and obviously questions that lead to more of that understanding. Um, you know, use different input as well. So for instance, you know, when we talk about assessment, like, you know, assessments can be everything from, a movement assessment, an FMS, uh, to lab results, to, you know, I think journals and, and you know, how people are feeling day to day, to, you know, things like MyFitnessPal if it's a nutrition, nutrition thing, or like I said, just food journals in general, uh, photos, you name it, right? But like the more data that you have, the better the, the big picture is gonna be because if you just look at training, that's just one piece of the puzzle. And you guys have heard me talk about like how, for me, I believe that, you know, the pieces of the puzzle come together to form a picture. The picture is what the person wants their life to be like, how they want to feel, perform, uh, look like, right? And if you only have one piece of the puzzle or a couple pieces of the puzzle, like you don't really know what's going on. So with assessment and info gathering, you get as much as possible. And the thing is what you're going to start seeing is certain patterns, right? You're going to start seeing things that happen um, as far as you know, when where one part of life may be driving another part of life, right? It's like the the uh, the the consequences that the, the cascade of of consequences from one life, one part of life can transfer into another part of life, right? Like how uh, mindset and stress can affect eating, and that affects weight, and so on and so forth. But like the info gathering is what legitimately helps uh, you find out more. And so that's very, very important, and, and not enough people do it. Number five. So number five of what great coaches do is understanding. You know, understanding what makes your client tick. And when I say client, look, it could be like understanding what makes your team tick, click. So if you have a, a team, if you're a leader, if you uh, work in groups, um, like I said, even if you're not a leader and, and you're working in groups, this is important, right? What makes people tip, uh, uh, tick? Tick. So their motivation, like grasping their motivations, their limiting factors, their worldviews, right? Because those things... Uh, like create a, be- a much better picture. And and I always say, you know, like in, in sales and marketing, you so like to understand what John Doe buys, you have to see the world through John Doe's eyes. I think it's, I think the poem goes something like that. But essentially that's empathy, right? It's understanding. Like you have to look at those, like the more of that you know, if you understand somebody's worldviews and motivations and their limiting factors, guess what? Like you understand them better. You don't judge as much, right? And, and, and then when you stop judging, you can actually get to, basically being able to help people. So, I mean, that's just something straight up that like when you're judging people, you can't help them, right? Just like if somebody's judging you, they can't help you, they don't understand it. And you, And you know how you feel when somebody judges you and essentially, you know, you're like, oh man, they don't get me, right? So, and that, that was one of the, the bullet points that I wrote down is that you get them, like you get them. And they, you know, and if they were talking to a friend, like, man, what do you love about the coach? Man, he, man, he just gets me. Right, he just gets me. He understands me. Um, you know, so questions like, "What is driving this? Like, what's driving this behavior?" And uh, you know, why does this? Why does this feel important to you right now? Right, when somebody says, "Well, but this, that, and the other," okay, why does this feel important to you right now, man? You gotta, you gotta, like, you gotta be curious and you gotta understand where they're coming from and what they're going through. Number six is monitoring and measuring. Right, so de- deciding what counts as progress and how to measure it. This is actually one of the, you know, the kicker thing. Like, first of all, like, you, you gotta find out what is progress to that person. So think about this, I mean, in business, it's like KPIs. It's, you know, with, like I said, with body transformations, it might not just be weight because you wanna go, pant sizes, photos, stuff like that. But then if it's health, you know, it's going to be certain like lab markers, uh, things like that, blood pressure and uh, and resting heart rates. And like I said, how's cholesterol, this, that, the other going, right? So uh, hormones, for instance. So you got to decide, you know, what counts as progress first and then go like, okay, how are we going to measure this? How are we going to know if this is working or not? Right? A lot of times like that doesn't even happen, right? We, you, there's no conversation around that. So once you have those, then you got to measure it consistently and look for change and improvement. Right now, this, this may seem such a, you know, like duh, like I, I get that, Luca, really, but like, man, like look at every, look at your own, you know, kind of like uh, your goals right now and what you're going through and whether you're determining that. Like, what measure, what matters to you is progress and, and, you know, what counts as it and like how are you measuring it? So, like that from week to week, you could actually say, oh, that like, we're making progress or, you know, or we're not, right? Number seven is solution and strength focused mindset. So, I'm like, look for what is going right, right? And like, where the clients are the strongest and do more of the good stuff. Like, uh, in a world where, like I said, people are, it's really easy to beat other people down. And I would say that the, the biggest problem is that we're our own worst enemies because our editors inside of our heads are always telling you, ah, oh, like, this could have been better, Luca, like, oh, you, you know, great job. But, but oh can't you can't you know most people that 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 I see and talk to and coach in any of realm, and like I said I, you know we all have this is we have our own editors right so with that said, it's like look for look for what's right, and I'm a big believer in playing on your strengths anyways like i'm I, you know I'm definitely on the boat with Gary vee when it comes to that as far as like you know tripling down on your strengths and you know not paying attention to like Put it this way, pay attention to your weakness enough to where you bring it up to where it's not pulling you down. But once that goes, it's like focus on your strengths. And the thing is, when you shine a light on your strengths, you can do more of the good stuff. And I think a lot of people, the first thing they do when it comes to coaching is like, here's all the shit that's wrong. Right, this, 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 and that. Man, and it's just like, it makes the person like lose confidence and self-esteem rather than bring it up. Uh, so not focusing on flaws and weaknesses as much and use, being able to reframe things. Like for instance, you know, give you a perfect example. This happens a lot, right? I'm, I'm a busy parent, right? I'm such a busy parent. But, you know, you could reframe that to that I healthy, uh, like, you know, creating a healthy role model for my kids, right? I'm going from being a busy parent to being a healthy role model for my kids, right? That's a reframe. And so that's focusing on a strength, right? And it's focusing on, uh, like I said, not like, not a weakness or something that's a flaw or something that's that's negative. Uh, I, I would say this is so important. Like I said, you know, positive reinforcement in, uh, like I said, in coaching. Now I, I don't I don't shy away from you know from from uh, from telling people. Uh, I would say challenging people, directly challenging people. Actually, you know, I'm veering off course just a little bit here, but there's something called radical candor. You know, and radical candor is a combination of caring deeply. For someone and challenging them directly. So if a person knows that you care deeply for them, you can challenge them more because the challenge is what's going to make them better, right? So I'm not against that whatsoever. Like you know, I'm I, praise, praise, correct, praise. When you when you coach, whether it's a, you know an exercise form or whatever is something else, you want to praise the good stuff, shine a light on it, right? Reinforce it, then you can correct stuff and challenge things directly. You know, uh, you, you'd have. A, for instance, you know, Steve Jobs was would, would be almost like uh, uh, on obnoxious aggression. And like I said, there's a little chart that we're not going to go over right now, but it'd be called obnoxious aggression, right? He'll be like, your work is shit, <laughs> right? That's a little, like I said. Now, at the end of the day, he was being really, really honest, right? He didn't say you were shit, like your work is shit. But that's a challenge right now i think that like where where people grow a lot is one where you're focusing on strengths you're positively reinforcing and you can challenge them directly because they know that you care deeply and like i said that's called radical candor and we'll, we'll do an, an, another podcast on that because it's really really uh good and important stuff um skill set number eight is skill building right so so clean, teaching client clients how to do the stuff they need to do consistently uh and of course i mean that's but remember how we talked about like progress is all about skill sets. We've talked before about like when you have a goal, when there's something that you want to reach, that goal is made up of different skill sets. Those skill sets are made up of daily practices that you must do to build that skill set. So, you know, one of the things that you have to be able to do no matter what it it, it is that you do, like I said, if you're coaching real estate, you're coaching fitness or you're you know, you're leading teams in, uh, in a, an architecture firm or, you know, you're a teacher at school, whatever it may be, like you have to be great at breaking complex tasks down into smaller, simple pieces, like period. If you can do that well, you know, that's that's one of the skill sets that's required for just about any, you know, coaching. Because if you can only say, well, do this, and the person can't do it, like you have to understand it well to where you can bro- break it down into smaller pieces. Um, so for instance, like showing clients how to food prep or you know, grocery shop the right way, like that's a skill set, right? So you can then go over that with them because they wanna build a daily practice of getting good at that and doing that consistently. So you know, what I love about skill building that you can write it out and then literally break it down into tasks right? If you want to be able to know how to squat, you know, you, you got to first be able to uh, do a bodyweight squat. And if, you know, maybe even need some assistance with a kettlebell and do a goblet squat, right? Maybe you need to work on your, uh, uh, say, hip mobility before you even go there, whatever it may be. But there's these different components that made up that are made up of it. And you got to teach your uh, uh, client skill building and then make that almost like this value for them uh, and a virtue that they follow in everything, right? Because it, you know, Deliberate practice is very, very valuable, right? Because because you build career. Like for instance, if it's if it's in your career, you build career capital by building skill sets. If you know if it's transforming your body, it's building skill sets. Period. Um, number nine, I think I talked about this before in one of my coaching uh, uh, podcasts. Is appropriate progressions. Um, you know, keeping people in the optimal growth zone. Uh, I call this the zone of challenge. Uh, you know, if you like in anything, right, if you give somebody something that's too easy, they get bored and they'll quit, period. You know, and if you give somebody something that's too challenging, they get overwhelmed and they quit. So there's this zone of challenge. Some people say it's about 5% harder than what they can do now. Uh, I think it's different for each individual. But w- what I believe is that when you give somebody a new task, you know, that's simpler, as soon as they become really good at it, you got to constantly challenge them. And I see like I see, two different things and this is actually one of the next points is uh, people not pro- pro- regressing things. So when, when when new clients come in in whatever realm, not regressing the tasks to where the person can do them. So that's mistake number one. And number two is once people get good at stuff and they've been there for a while, not challenging them enough in the right way because it's easy to forget, right? So we have to really kind of pay attention to to what's going on. So that we can constantly, you know, kind of challenge people and and be in that zone of challenge where people grow. Because growth happens like right. O- I call it like right over the edge. Right, you should be living right over like the the, the tip of the edge, like five percent past it. Too far out, you know, you're you're dead. Too far behind, you get bored, you fall off. And so it's like it's constant this constant zone of uncomfortable, right? And you've heard this before, obviously, you know. Being comfortable, uh, uh, comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? So, uh, but but that's what it really is, and and you have to be obviously. There's there's some intuition there, and there's there's a lot of learning and wisdom and knowing when a person is in which area. I mean, you can you and there's like I said. What I said before, studying body language and uh, looking at people's faces, you know, like I think that's a really important thing. Like when somebody is training, for instance, like seeing their face and knowing what is a challenging and struggle versus like what is hurt, pain or like horrible to them or, you know, just that they just don't want to be there. um, You know, that's probably not a good place for them to be because you want to instill this this skill set and you want to instill them uh, still kind of enjoying themselves, you know, with training. Uh, which leads me to number 10, which is appropriate regression. So scaling back when, when necessary. Uh, in, in the current fitness industry, I think everybody's really good at progressing, right? You'll see all types of crazy shit going on. And hey, like I, I put up stuff too on Instagram sometimes and I'll you know, say like, hey, like this is a re- progression, but here's a, here's a ton of different regressions that you can do, right? So and, and you got to understand when to make things easier. And I, I would say for a lot of people, that's the case. Right, to not overwhelm them. Most people are really, really overwhelmed. If we give them complex things to do, they get more overwhelmed, they're not gonna succeed. Right? And and there's another one, like focusing on what is versus what should be. I see a lot of coaches going like, well, it should be like this. Yeah, but it's not. Like what is it? You know, and if you gotta regress and you gotta go back to baby steps, then that's what you gotta do. Because remember, it's client-centered focus and humility and you know it's not about you right it's not about you so you do whatever is necessary and you focus on what is on rather than what should be number 11 is analysis and insight so looking for patterns and relationships in what client is thinking feeling and doing this is where i would say like experience and intuition all these different things come in um in you know this is where I love like i said the 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 feedback that we said, the assessment, like journals and figuring out when things are happening, so for instance, overeating at night you know after a stressful day, you can start noticing patterns, um, you know intolerant symptoms that occur after eating right I mean like i 'm sticking to like food stuff right now, but this could be anything right where it 's like you you know you don 't get projects done when you know you got too much on your plate and you actually too much took too much on. And then that tends to be the pattern, right? Shitty work because you took too much on, great work when you take on less and it becomes quality, right? But those, those are patterns, like I said, that the more data that you get back and the more that you observe and the more that you learn, listen, uh, you know, it, it, like you're, gonna, you're gonna be better at noticing that, not only in your own life, but in other people's, uh, I would say lives, especially people that you coach on specific uh, goals. Number 12 is outcome-based decision-making. So deciding what to do next based on the data you've collected. Uh, you know, we do this thing here at, at Vigor. It's, it's always like I call it the next step, right? And, and there's a next step in everything. So a prospect that, that, that would uh, inquire about, you know, training with us. like there's, And if, if we call them back and they don't respond, there's a next step. You know, if they do respond um, and they're not coming in for assessment, there's a next step. For current clients, there's a next step. For you know uh, a marketing campaign, there's a next step. There's always a next step. So deciding what to do next, but based on like the data. So essentially, it's like okay, well, what you know what just happened here? Okay, this wasn't working, or it's not doing well. Let's course correct. Let's regress this. Uh, you know, let's regress from eating protein at every meal to just eating protein for breakfast. Let's not worry about the rest. Let's get to eighty, ninety percent compliance, and then build off of that, right? So. And you decide that with the, the coaching client, right? Because we're doing co active coaching. It's a two way street. We're a guide, we're not a, a guru telling you what to do. We're, we're, we're guiding and asking a lot of questions to get to that end goal. So, uh, you know, make choices based on evidence rather than speculation. And I can't tell you how many people are just like, I said, you know, I said, what are you basing this off? Uh, and they're like, well, I just think this is the best thing. And I'm like, okay, and what are you basing it off? Like, what, what, did, what helped you make that decision? And at the end, a lot of times it's just speculation, right? There's not enough data. Be like, oh, well, I found it out through this or well, we were tracking this and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, like a lot of people just aren't doing that. And sometimes it's because, you know, well, one, it, it work, organization, whatever it may be, but if it's, if it's you individually, it may be because, man, you're just avoiding it. It's like your bank account, right? Like you're not tracking it, not because, you know, because you kind of don't want to look at it because you know you're spending money in places that you shouldn't be considering what you said your goals were, so you avoid it, right? So outcome-based decision-making is deciding what to do next based on the data that you've collected, which means you got to collect data, right? Step before that. Number 14 is rewarding behaviors, now, not outcomes. I've talked about this before as well. I'm going to take a quick sip of um, my, uh, I was say, energy juice. <laughs> All right. So, rewarding behaviors, not outcomes, number 14. So, improving your client's mastery of the process, skills, and consistency, right? The the results will take care of themselves. So, it's basically taking away whether it's, like I said, you want to lose a certain amount of weight, whether it's you want to generate a new uh, amount of leads or sales or revenue or, you know, you want to save more money, whatever. Like I said, that's your goal, right? That's that's an outcome-based goal. You don't want to focus on that. You want to set that and then you want to break it down and reverse engineer it. And see what skill sets you have to build to get to that outcome, and then those skill sets get broken down into daily practices, right? So, maybe daily practices—you know—automate five bucks a day or ten bucks a day to go into uh, into you know a savings account. Now, obviously, you don't do that per day. Maybe you do it biweekly or, or monthly. And voila, because you're like, well, by the end of the year, I want to save $10,000. Okay, that means that you got to do about 800 plus bucks every month, which means you got to do 400 bucks every couple of weeks. Cool. Great thing is you can automate automate that. Bam, it's done. You don't have to think about it, right? So we're, we're focusing on, on a task and an action and behavior versus the outcome. You know, same thing with losing weight. I want to lose weight, you know, 30 pounds in three months. Great. All right, what's one of the things that we got to do? Okay, we got to drink X, Y, Z amount of water. Let's break that down, right? Or you know we got to add protein to every meal so you're adding daily practices and focusing on the behavior versus focusing on the outcome you focus on the outcome it doesn't matter like it's not going to come any quicker right it comes quicker when you actually do the things the skill sets that that take you to that be, uh, that outcome right so success like that, you know, and this is, like I said, quote me on this, success comes from what we do over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a habit. But, you know, I preferred saying it that way today, <laughs> but, uh, right. So, so really like what you got to focus on is that breakdown of the daily behaviors versus the outcomes. And i tell you, like, for, there's a lot of frustration around, like, you know, because there's, there's more people when there's uncertainty, there, there's loss of like, you know, Per- perceived control. Cause let's be honest, like we're not in control. We're, we're in less control than we think that we are. Um, but the, the, the reality of it is, is like, what can you control? You can control your behaviors. You can control whether you got up today, you know, went to the gym, drank a gallon of water, uh, you know, had protein and veggies with every meal, you know, had your, uh, uh you know, slept for seven, eight hours. like that's in your control, right? What's not in your control, whether you lose seven pounds or 15 pounds or all of that, like that's not in your control. It's just it's straight up not because it's based on path, health history, genetics, a lot of different things, right? You can't, nobody can predict exactly what you're gonna do. So focus on what you can focus on when you can take, you know, control the controllables. And when you do that, you're going to be in a great position. Number 15 is lifelong learning, committing to a practice of lifetime self-development edu- education, like looking for information, ideas and insight everywhere. And this never, ever, ever stops. I feel dumber than I ever have. I really, really do. And I, at the same time, I know I know more shit than I've ever known uh, and you know, but it's just like, I'm more curious than ever. It's like, it never stops. The reality, the truth is, if you love something, you know, the more you learn of it, the more you're going to want to know. Uh, and now with that, you know, let, let's just be real too. Like, you know, information doesn't get you results. Application of information, you know, is what gets you results. And I would say sometimes not even that, it gets you wisdom to make better choices, right? And course correct. But nonetheless, it's like the lifelong learning is, is, is just a frame. It's a, it's a perspective of the world you know, because part of it is like just grounded in, in humility that you don't know, your, you know, you don't know everything. Matter of fact, you know nothing. Um, and, you know, I, I tell my team, I said, look, I'm willing to be wrong every single day so that I can be better. Uh, and if you come in here with a better solution, I'll be open to it. And if it helps me, if it helps, you know, my team, my clients, you know, we're, we're doing it, period. Uh, because I, I don't give a shit about like being right if I can be better. And so lifelong learning, like I said, you, you know, a lot of people will will say, well, yeah, yeah, I'm all about that. But then I always go like, okay, well, where is your time, energy, and money going right now? When's the last book you read? What's the last course you went through? You know, what's the last thing that you applied from what you learned, right? What's the last mentor you had or, or you know, on a daily basis, what do you do to, to continue to learn? And if those answers don't align, see, now, now we're not lifelong learning. Right? It's just something that's very, very important. I don't care how busy you are. I think you should spend a part of your day, uh, like I said at the beginning, watching videos on something that's building your skill sets, reading, and talking to people that are better than you at certain things. Number 16 is practice what you preach. Uh, You know, speaking, acting, and working with integrity. And I can't tell you how important that is because. At the end of the day, man, like people just get to meet you and and like you go home and you have to look yourself in the mirror. But you you, got to do the things that you preach or or be honest about the things that, you know, you just don't do or you're working on and be authentic about it and like not pretend like you, you know, all your shit. But you know what? If you give a client something to do, you should do it yourself. Um, You know, like, hey, if you're giving them like kettlebell snatches or or or. You know barbell snatches or whatever else. Like one, you should do it yourself. Like I mean, you should have learned it. You should have like really kind of mastered that skill definitely more than they have. Um, but the thing is, you got to know what they're going through, and and, and like you got to live that it, period. Like you just you you have to do that. And uh, you know with with the vigor uh, ground fitness and business summit coming up, you know one of the things that says like that the people that are speaking there are people that have been there, done that, and are still doing it. Right. So that's what's really really important. Uh, you got to do it yourself. You know, you can't be on stage or you can't be preaching and and then not living that yourself, right? And I mean, that's just the value and and integrity. And we could go down a rabbit hole of that for a whole episode. uh, But, you know, know that that's exceptionally important and that people will know. Like, you can't fake that. You can't fake the fun for long. Um, So uh, the last uh, last two are uh, one that actually, you know, I've done, kind of whole shows on but i'm going to do more of and that's communication uh and it's being able to communicate effectively through various formats and like i said writing uh you know speaking uh, communicating like i said verbally visually kinesthetically uh in you know there's just like i think that that's like the biggest gap in pretty much all of coaching is better communication and 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 in not only mastering it, but continue, like you can never, by, until the day you die, you won't be able to, you know, stop communicating better, period. And so with that said, it's just, uh, um, it, it's, it's just something I'm really, really passionate about. Like the last three years, I've been diving insanely deep into communication. And uh, and it's one of the subjects that excites me the most, because like I said, you could know all this information, but communication is the gap, you know, to to helping somebody uh, obviously do it and and, and, I, and it's a two-way street because they can better understand you you can better understand them uh, you know part of communication is asking questions you know listening like all of these important things you know reading body language and, and behaviors and all these different things that that help that help you help the clients get to their Everest uh, and the 18th one is humor and you know if you're let, let's be honest like you know, when you smile, when you laugh, uh, it puts you in a better mood. The chemicals change, um, and the reality is, like, you can't be too, too, too serious. You know, like our coherent at Vigor is that, like, we take our coaching very, 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 very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. You can kind of see some blooper reels uh, uh, floating around uh, that uh, the uh, social media that we just done that were hilarious that that Gene put together and, and they're funny. (laughs) It's crazy funny, but like, this is kind of a regular day here. We, you know, we, we joke around a lot and and we have fun because you know what, one, when you have fun, you learn better, you connect better, you communicate better, uh, you execute things better. Um, so you gotta be able to learn to laugh at yourself, uh, laugh with others. And, uh, and, and smile a lot, period. And life just is it, just straight up better. Um, so with that said, like I said, because it, it, it is right now, it's like my schedule is on a minute-to-minute basis. <laughs> and I, I got to get out of here. Uh, I hope you really, really enjoyed this show. As always, please, you know, go to iTunes, uh, leave a review. Really appreciate it. It means the world to me. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, I have, uh, the update is, man, like, you know, go, go to the uh, VigorGroundSummit.com. So VigorGroundSummit.com. We're going live. With the uh, uh, with the registration, I mean, before we even live, some people sneaked sneaked and found the site and actually already already registered. But September 27th to September 30th in Seattle, one hands-on day, two days at the uh, at the beautiful Hyatt Regency on the water. Uh, we got speakers from Aubrey Marcus, Martin Rooney, Mike Robertson, Max Shank, Mark Fisher, uh, uh, Adam Bornstein, Jay Faruja, uh, Joel Jamison. I can't even remember. It's just John Russin. It's, it's a star-studded lineup. It's, it's Mel my brain and we're getting some more people on there uh it's it's going to be insane uh, the best biggest event in pacific northwest is going to become a staple vigorgroundsummit.com make sure you don't miss it and uh i'll see you guys in the next episode love and appreciate you peace out